Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Hey people, this is DJ. And this is Ish. And And this this is Season 4 of Better Let Me Tell You. I was there. I'm in the mood for it right now, but I'm like, you know, always in the mood for it. It's like, un pastelito de guayaba. Just one? Because, well, I mean, you know, you know, I'm never in the mood okay, for you, uh. you know, what's like such a lie are like the little <laughs> slivers of pastelito de guayaba that they, you know, usually have our birthday parties. That, no, that it's they, like, who are you kidding? Yeah, no. Like, who are you fooling that I'm, I'm, I'm going to have one? I, I'm going to have one dozen. Like, whenever I go to like a birthday party, I'm like, that person, I'm like one, two, three. I at least get two at a time, especially if like if it's just opened. You know, since when are you being so conservative? Well, depend. Well, depend. Well, well, everybody, outside. welcome to. Pero oh, let yes, me tell yes, you, episode, episode one fifty three. Yes, to pastelito de guayaba sliver or not? <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, the answer is always yes. Hope everybody's having a great Friday. Um, yeah. It, I just don't want to be that guy who's like, especially if they just open up a paquete. You know, who's like taking 10 like at first i'll do two and you know kind of eyeball it and see how it's going that's why i'm you know i'm considerate that way uh you're a much better person than i am (laughs) but yeah like have you ever stopped and thought about how like incredible it is that each patelito has its own shape they do so guava is square like yeah like a squarish rectangle Square, squarish, close yeah, yeah. enough. Parallelogram. I wouldn't say it's a rectangle. It's a parallelogram. Okay. <laughs> um, it's got four sides. Then the patelito de 
de que eso es like a little bit of a twist. I would almost some would some on the West Coast might say it resembles a log. No. <laughs> no. It's sort of a twist. Okay. Then the de queso is a triangle. Yeah, that. There's and the carne is circular. Circular. Like, I remember not. Who whenever, thought of? I wonder who thought of. Well, that. I, I forget when it was that I was like driving and I'm like, I kind of had like a, a like, you had to, like, you had to, like pull over. That, that I'm like, wait, each pat, each patelito has a distinctive like <laughs> shape. Right, right, right. I mean, these are the type of things that you live your you entire life. You take for life, granted. You take for and granted. You never even stop to think about it. I wonder how that started. Probably, you know what? I'd Probably something just to differ, differenti- differentiate. Yeah, probably like at a bakery. They were probably they probably made them all square at first, and they're like, and then it's like, okay, which one has the cheese? Right, I can't tell. Yeah, right, yeah. Um, especially the one with guava and cheese. Oh, that's so good. That's my favorite. That's my favorite. That yeah. is my ultimate It has the best favorite. of both worlds. It does, and I know that it's probably not bigger, but I feel like the fact that it's in a triangle makes it's it look more of a value. It looks like more of a value. Yeah, yeah, it looks like you're getting more, and so and then you've got the two flavors versus the one. It's it's yeah, a thing. it's it's more of a value. It's a thing. Um. It's just incredible to me. I'm sure we've talked about this here in the podcast. How guava guayaba is such a big part of everything. And yet, in once South you Florida. leave Broward, nobody nobody it's eats like it. guava. Who eats guava? And I'm like, excuse me. It's an exotic fruit, right? Like I love when <laughs> people are like, "Oh, you put guava on like guava so popular." I'm like, we put guava on everything. everything. Like we don't put it in the cafe con leche because we haven't figured out how. I mean. Like yes, let's be honest. <laughs> but the thing with guava is that guava is really... It's very potent. It's so good that just anything goes with guava. You can put guava on cardboard and it will be delicious. <laughs> That's our new uh, keto diet, by the way, that we're starting <laughs> right now. <laughs> but just guava is so freaking good. Like, even just having a drink like with guava infused oh, yeah. with guava. Or like, Ooh, one of my favorite things man. is like a guava cheesecake. Why are you making me hungry? I know, right? Why? Like I, Why? Like I have Why this, like, are you super doing this? Sweet tooth. Like, wait, what bakery is open twenty four hours? I think Pine Crust. Payabamo. Okay. Pine Crust are delicious way. stuff, and they're chandeliers. <laughs> oh, oh. You know what? If they could figure out how to put guayaba on those chandeliers, they would too. Yeah. <laughs> have you noticed that Pinecrest bakeries? They, I think, oh, most of them, if not all of them, have a chandelier. Claro, because they fancy. <laughs> Hello, like they, you walk Hello. in, it's like they started in Pinecrest. The, the one in Kendall, it's like boom, chandelier. <laughs> And then it's like, oh no, the problem. What am I going to order? Actually, the I want reason, it all. The reason is that they're actually little known fact. They're all owned by Sia, oh. and that's why they're they're all have chandeliers. Yes. So her name he, is actually Sia. So here, at Pero, let me tell you. And how is everybody? We yes. hope you're all having a wonderful Friday. Want to do a quick shout out and thank you to everybody who came out to our trivia. Yes. Uh, this past week, our first trivia went off without a hitch. It was a lot of fun. Thank you to everybody at Beat Culture Brewery for, for hosting. Amazing. So, so good. Can't wait till we do the next one. We're going to yes. do these every month. Yes. And if you didn't go, we're going to have a problem. We're going to have We're going to nag you. We're going to have We're going to have a problem because we want to make trivia happen. Yes. And you know what? Much like Gretchen Wieners ultimately did make Fetch happen, we're making trivia happen. We are making trivia happen in Damn Miami. Um, but no, I mean, trivia is such a fun, it's so fun. I mean, Pretty listen, not for nothing, but the prizes were really good. Yes, they were. Yes, they were. Gift it card, uh, t-shirts. t-shirts, beat culture gift card, and a gift card for Cuban guys. I mean, not, not. It's not, yeah. It's not the Oscars, you know. Um, okay, but I can't, I can't eat an Oscar. 
No, it's not the Oscars oh, goodie the, bag. Oh, yeah. You know, the one that has like a Rolex in it, you know? I think it's a house. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the keys to your new, new house. Exactly. Um, actually, I want to talk about the Oscars in a minute. And um, But no, what I wanted to say was, so one of the things I love about when we do our show is that, you know, we usually try to record the show. Our shows drop on Friday. So we usually try to record them on thursdays yeah fake friday barring some other things happening yeah because just things could change so rapidly hello how many times haven't we been on the pulse of shit happening well (laughs) as a result that's why i'm saying this last week Mm -hmm. in episode 152 yeah i gave my last soda to lavar burton and i went on and on and on about how lavar burton is a national treasure and needs to be the post of jeopardy needs to be given every award there is (laughs) and this week literally four or five days later after i said that what did they announce he is officially going to be guest hosting jeopardy yep yep so we made it happen. I would like to think that we had something to do we with that. We make so many things happen without <laughs> happening. You know what? You're welcome, Marlins. Oh, you're we, welcome. Here we were talking about Hopinia Stadium. <laughs> right. And, and like three days later, <laughs> they we were like, deal. oh, you know, Marlins Park doesn't have a corporate sponsor. <laughs> like, they locked it's in. It's like the only, one yeah. of the few like stadiums without a, a corporate sponsor. Yeah. And three days later, they did I mean, it. the name is a little... Well, no, it's better than guaranteed rate field. Exactly. In, uh, Chicago, <laughs> exactly. where the White Sox play. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, I would like to think we that did, we, we had something to do with absolutely. that. Absolutely. Because here, Apero, let me tell you, we are at the pulse. We of have our happening, pulse baby. on everything, babe. So, bueno. So, with things happening, we <laughs> couldn't, you know, have a show this week without talking about, you know, the elephant in the room, um, which was the Derek Chauvin trial. Yes. And, For the murder um, of George Floyd. For the murder of George Floyd. And, you know, like many people, this was kind of something I had said more privately. Right, um, right. Like many people, I was very concerned about it. Um, well, because we also remember the Rodney King. You know, well, no, so I, we, I was We remember situations I where, was concerned, where things did not. I was concerned because this is why it's important to know history. It's important to mm-hmm. know what shapes history mm-hmm. and and why we are where we are and in all facets correct not only race relations but just in general and i really was concerned like many people were i if there would have been an acquittal i was very concerned for the future of this country because say what you will about previous administrations about previous politicians politicians come and go right you know there's waves of of different and different feelings and um, and, and uh, movements move, and, exactly there's yeah. waves of different movements and things like that that's tales all this time and you know a lot of times you know like right now during this past election and all that that it was very contentious um we think that it's the worst right and when you look at history look the 1960s were a terrible time right you know, with a lot of social unrest and things like that. So, you know, you always look at history to kind of see where you're at and Mm -hmm. kind of lend an answer and guidance to what, where you're going next. Mm -hmm. But this, if there would have been an acquittal, I was, I just didn't see where we could come back, how how we could come back from that as Mm -hmm. not only a society, but 
any any faith or any belief in the criminal justice system, right? Mm -hmm. Because we all know, and you know, this is coming from somebody who loves the law, who went to law school, who right. knows Still has the law. the loans to prove it. Uh, yes, knows <laughs> the law. I love the law, um, but I'm not blind to the right. you know inequities of the law, specifically criminal criminal law, and. Um, I just don't see if there would have been an acquittal how the criminal justice system of the United States could have come back from that. Mm -hmm. Because obviously the difference in this case than in other cases is that we saw this murder happen the in real time. The evidence, correct. Right? Yeah. Because look, there was video evidence of Rodney King. And there's been video evidence of, of other cops. Mm -hmm. But this happened in like real time. There were... Right. I don't know how many dozens of people, Onlookers, bystanders, yeah. seeing this in right. real time. You know, without even going to the protests and, and mm -hmm. not only the let's protests just talk, let's just talk in about this the, country, but around the world. Right. But let's just talk about the situation. The, 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 this the, happened the in real time. Mm -hmm. And something that was very, very, very important in mm -hmm. this case regarding the video, which in other cases... It's something that it's it's a wrench that's always thrown at, in the prosecution is that this video had no gaps, okay, right? right? So there was no this, there was no editing. Quote there, was, unquote. there was no gaps. There right. was no uh, lapses in coverage. She filmed from the moment when, she got there from <laughs> the moment that they were trying to arrest him that he was in a in like um. Handcuffs? Uh, no, he was in another car. He was like in, I think he was in an SUV, a police SUV. He was in another car. Mm -hmm. And they had him handcuffed. And he was being, I mean, he was like, why are you arresting me? You know, mm -hmm. what's going on? But legally, he was but, resisting but, but arrest. But there was no, there was no question that, th th there was no doubt that he was being, vi that he was being violent. Like, you saw the video. Mm -hmm. He was not really resisting arrest. And there was no lapse in coverage. Right? Yeah. There was no lapse in coverage. Because if there would have been a lapse in coverage, they then could that, have been, cast doubt they could have been like, happened. oh, but you know, in those 30 seconds that you didn't take video, right. he, kicked somebody he charged or, at the cop. Right, right, right. Or he said, I'm going to kill you. Or whatever, whatever, whatever. Right? right, right? right. Um, but there was no lapse in coverage. And I think that that is what you right. can't refute. Like, you cannot right. refute that. And, you know, the thing with the prosecution in this case and in any case and any criminal case is again the standard you have to prove things beyond a reasonable doubt right Which and is i don't know how many people understand that but kind of a layman's term of using it is when the prosecution puts your case you as a juror have to have no doubt in your mind that the person being accused of whatever the crime is did it did it no doubt mm -hmm. no doubt right mm -hmm. so an effective defense all that they have to do is throw a wrench at your story all they have to do is say there's 30 seconds the missing. moment they poked poke a hole in it you have reasonable doubt that's why convictions are hard to get get at and that's why the higher the charge Mm -hmm. it's harder to prove. Which is probably why they went with manslaughter. They had to go with second-degree murder here. They well, because not... there was no premeditation. There right. was no... Premeditation right, right, right. would have been almost impossible to prove. Right, right, right. You can't and, do first-degree. And, and if it's yeah. harder to prove, it's harder to prove to a jury. Right, right. Right? So, 
I mean, I know pre, I know first degree murder sounds more. I, I don't want to use the word sexy, but it sounds more attention like attention grabbing. It's more attention know, grabbing. Justice, right? But right. the reality of the matter is that a first degree murder charge would have been very yeah. hard. To and get. that happens a lot. A lot of times, you know, people get charged with a lesser, the lesser equivalent of a crime for the purpose that you're saying, right. because it's easier to get the conviction. So rather than right. let somebody skate, right? Look, if I can only get you for twenty years, I'm gonna get the twenty I think years. That, I mean. Obviously, I, I mean, I, could, I think I could speak on your behalf to say that we both are very happy with the outcome yes, yes. that he was convicted. Um, I think that this is something that shows accountability. You took the words out of my mouth. That's something that many people had, had been posting. And I think that is the, but, the word to take away. But my problem is that, you know... Like in everything in this day and age, things have become something of extremes, right? Because two things can't be true. You can say that Derek Chauvin was a total asshole and a freaking murderer right. and a senseless human being for doing what he did to George Floyd, right. but not necessarily hate cops, right? Well, you know, because I'm not talking about cops. Right. I'm talking about you, this individual. You don't need two things can be true at once. Right. And that's the problem that, you know, with everything, it becomes polarized. Right. 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 It's and, not all or nothing. And, I think that with this case, I hope that with this case, people see that the problem is much more than a crooked cop. Okay, great. This guy was a horrible human being. He killed mm. George Floyd. He's going to jail. But it, this is more than just a few bad mm. apples. This is systematic. Right. This is the right? tip of the iceberg. This as is it were. Sy systematic. Mm. And it is it is a plague that is consuming this country and again you can be pro law enforcement but still admit hey change you know what needs to happen. something needs to happen mm -hmm. I, we're what not sure what that is, is. i don't know you know but... whether it's training whether it's you know who mm -hmm. diversity it, civilian whether um... it's you know the whole thing with the argument of defunding the police of um, that different resources need to be allocated mm -hmm. to different different ways. You know, right, that right, if it's right. something like a mental health uh, issue. Right, make sure that there's someone, a psychiatrist that, or whatever. That maybe should handle right, that and right. not a police officer. Or, they, or the psychiatrist should be there with you. Right. Or, right, right. So on and so forth. Right. But to say that there is not a systematic problem with policing in this country is either willful ignorance... Or just what did I say last time? You're a oh, wait, said, you're just a fucking racist. <laughs> you, know, you know, I I'm, I'm not. Uh, it's I, you know I agree with you, I don't, but I it's like I said, I don't think there's. I think there are just people who it's like, and then we we know people like this who it's just like, well, that doesn't happen to me, so it doesn't happen. You know what I mean? And I and I don't even know where that I, I don't even know if that falls under willful ignorance or naivete or you know I don't think that makes them a racist. I just think that makes them you know like it doesn't affect me, so it's not a real thing. But 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 I don't know. But don't whether know. it's willful ignorance or racism, if I tell you, hey, this is happening to me. Well, yes, yes, this, yes. This is yes. what's going on. This is how I and, feel. And I am telling you, mm. right. You can't say, "Oh, I, I don't, I don't know," because if you have, I, I don't know the number, you know, right, right, legions X, of X people mile, telling right. you, "Hey, 
We get treated differently by the police because of the color of our skin. Hey, look at the stats. Look how many unarmed black men specifically have been killed in the last few X years. Amount of time, yeah. Compared to other people. Right. This is the problem. If we're telling you what the problem is and you refuse to at least acknowledge it. Because you don't have to know all the answers. You don't have to have all the answers. Nobody does. You know, you don't have to be like, well, you know, police should be reformed and A, right, B, right, C, right, D, right. you know, bullet points, right? But at least acknowledge that there is an inequity and there is a problem. That is part of the problem, right? People don't want to acknowledge that. And it, it's a but shame. That's, but that's part of a, of, a, of, a, of a much bigger problem. Oh, well, no, no, no. That, that's why everything becomes cause, polarized. Because to your point, it's just people just don't, like, again... If I am telling you that I feel a certain weight about something because it has affected me personally, don't invalidate that by saying, no, that's not true. Right. No, you're just being oversensitive. I'm like, you right. know, maybe I am being oversensitive, but you know no, what? Because, because but you know, you know what? what? So, so, maybe I'm, but, but I'm being oversensitive because it's about me. Because some, of, I saw a lot of comments uh, of people like, well, but you know, George Floyd wasn't an angel. And George Floyd... That's not the issue uh, George, at hand. George Floyd, you know, shouldn't have used a counterfeit bill. I'm like, that is... That is actually irrelevant. In so this then, point. what we're saying is that if you if you're a counterfeiter, you should be killed. Right. That's irrelevant in this point because, first of all, from a constitutional perspective, you deny this man's due process. So let's just start at, at that. Right. You you denied uh, aside from the fact that you murdered him, right. you denied this man his constitutional due process. Right. So again, so the people that are like, well, but you know, he was nobody's saying he was an angel. Nobody's saying that, you know, he was, you know, Mother Teresa. He was, but but he doesn't have to be. He was a human being. Right. Right. That may or may have not done something, quote, illegal. Which we'll never know. Right. He may or may have not done something illegal. What he allegedly did was a counterfeit bill. It wasn't a violent offense. So it wasn't like this to begin with was a violent crime right, right. that he was being accused of but even regardless like that is not the way you do things right you know you arrest someone you take them into custody and you do an investigation you don't take laws the matters into your own hands and that's the problem that you know the, the thing with policing is and I'm, I'm not a cop i've never been a cop right. so i can't speak from the perspective of an officer but you know these are people with a lot of responsibility and a lot of power in their hands yeah. and it's like no and, and as we said cops know that day that they're going out to the job and they do not know if they're coming back right and it's not to belittle them or belittle anything they say but they have a lot of power in their hands and with power comes a lot of responsibility as spider-man told us so if you a cop screwing up on the job does not have the consequences of that me screwing up you on the screwing job. up at the job yeah right so if because you are a job with higher consequences, you should be held to a higher standard, a higher standard and under more scrutiny. And I believe I would think that if you're an officer, you know, th this is something that you elected to do. Right. Right. And hopefully you did it for all for the, the right, right reasons, reasons. Yeah. for civic duty, you know, right, right, right. which right. is commendable. Right. Yeah, we didn't become it's, cops. It's commendable. Right. We didn't become cops. Yeah. But you also have to understand that because of the amount of power and responsibility that you have, but specifically power There's over other people, you are going to be held at a higher standard to an enormous amount of scrutiny. Yeah. And that comes with a job. And that is something that... And if you can't handle that, then, then, then I think there's other options. There's even other options within police work. Right. Go, going to forensics. 
Whatever. <laughs> CSU? Yes. SVU. <laughs> SV? No, because SVU is still, you know, you might have a perp. Oh. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, you know, I was, I was content with it. I think, obviously, it's a move in the right direction. Right. But there's still a lot of work to be done. Well, but every, but all work has to start with the first step. It and does. and I think you know, like you said, if if this is the first step, and and hopefully it it continues down that path, then you know what? Then that's a positive out of a negative, you know, because I don't think anybody would deny that this is an, a negative situation. Yeah. Okay, so you know, we were talking about pastelitos always, right? And one of our uh, outros Ooh. is uh, your pastelito, your croqueta, and your, your cafecito. Yep, and. We're going to cover all three of those in this episode. We're talking about croquetas now? We are talking about croquetas because Ooh. we talked about pastelitos. And we're going to talk about café. We're going to talk about café. So now we're going to talk Very about la depth. croqueta. <laughs> Have you heard about the exploding croquetas? Wait. Is that like a dance troupe? From a croqueton? No. Oh my gosh. So. Wait. Exploding croquetas. Exploding croquetas. Like Boom. Boom. <laughs> Okay. Boom, cheeky, boom, cheeky, boom. <laughs> oh, it's an appendix? <laughs> <laughs> Man, whoever caught that reference. <laughs> it's a Cuban it's appendix. It's a Cuban appendix, yes, yes. So, El Croquetón is okay. this restaurant in Camagüey, in Cuba. Oh, okay. So, this is from the motherland. Okay. That sells croquetas. As the name would imply. Right. And there has been a pesky little problem. They keep They keep up. exploding. So, what happens is that they sell the croquetas for you to make at home. So they sell the croqueta or like the ingredients? They sell the croqueta frozen for you to make it. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Right? Okay, okay. But this is Cuba. This doesn't have nutrition facts. This is, you don't know what's in it. <laughs> That's true. And they don't necessarily have just like a microwave. They don't to... have directions. They give you like a frozen, I don't know. Pack of things. Of things, things that look croqueta and rayos sabe lo que eso tiene adentro. And you know... Um, and you take it home. You take it home and you fry it. Yes, right? because we know in Cuba we love to fry everything. Right. But as you know, you know when you fry things, frying something at 150 degrees is very different than frying something at, you know, 350 degrees. Right, right. Right? So what has happened is, and this hasn't happened to one person or two people or three <laughs> people, this has happened already to dozens of people, is that they will heat up the oil okay. and they put la croqueta in there. And when la croqueta reaches a certain temperature, se explota. Se explota. And then the problem is that it's like a huge. Pero, hello, of course. Eso, and these that, people, that's... you have to see the pictures online. They have had severe Pero, burns. Claro, si eso es grasa. That's pure oil. Look at this poor man. Ay, espérate, 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 hold on. Oh my god! I am already. Yes. Todo eso por so, una croqueta. So this, this. How long has this been happening? It's been happening for quite some time, for at least several months. Why so, do people keep buying from the croquetas? So the, the producer of the croquetas, apparently in Cuba, there's still a consumer, like, like a watchdog? Line. No, like a consumer hotline. Oh, okay. Or like a place where you could email that the place that I guess does these croquetas is a company called Pro Prodal. Prodal underscore Cuba, and they actually tweeted. This was their tweet. So wait, 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 wait. okay. So these these croquetas are being sold at a croqueton, right? In Camagüey, right? Are they are they produced by? They're a croqueton? probably by produced by this company Prodal. I don't know anything about this company. I don't know if it's a Cuban company. Son, seguro que son croquetas rusas. <laughs> 
That's the problem. They're full of vodka. Right. <laughs> so they had to actually issue a statement. And this is what Prodal underscore Cuba on Twitter okay. stated. Es un error común al freírlas. El aceite debe de estar a unos 180 grados. But I bet you nobody in Cuba has a thermometer because, you know. Or, or has ever heated anything under eh, less than 200. El aceite debe estar a unos 180 grados. La croqueta debe de estar a temperatura ambiente. Y so no, it can't be frozen. Y no, no freír muchas a la vez. En el caso de la croqueta criolla, al tener una masa más densa, se abren con más violencia. Oh, my God. <laughs> Gracias por comunicar sus preocupaciones. And they actually have a hotline. Okay. Like, a, I want to call a hotline right now and find out so many things. Yes. Also, what do they mean by like violent Like the violent croqueta. Se abren con violencia. Because what people are saying is... They're uh, just dumping the frozen croqueta. Well, that's what they're, what's what they're explaining is they're putting the frozen croqueta, which that's how you... I mean, when I make croquetas, that's how I make them. But you don't... You take them straight from the from the freezer and dump them yeah, in? I'm not or? sure if you're not supposed to. But again, but again, it's not like this is coming with any directions. This is true. Right? right, right, right. How right. to make... Proper croquet. It's not like in Cuba. You know how we were talking about torts and liability and all that stuff. There's no reasonable misuse. There's uh, no, no reasonable no, misuse. No, yes. No, no. Um, about how people can fry, fry. How people can fry the croquetas. How people can fry the croquetas. Fry. <laughs> how people can fry the croquetas. Um, yeah. Uh, anyway, so. Um, <coughs> yeah, the, the, these croquetas don't come in like the caserita box. No, there's no instructions. There's this no instructions. is, you got home and. So, what happens it. is apparently, I guess the oil, people are heating up the oil too much. You know, again, yeah. it's not like people have these like fancy thermometers that we have here. No, in, eso, you know, in imperialist United <laughs> States, uh, where you can measure, you know, engage right. how hot your oil is. Uh, and what happens is that when they're putting the, the croqueta in the oil, it disintegrates. Or blows up. And then when it disintegrates, it blows up. Like, actually, here, there is, in this article that I was reading on it, it gives... I mean, it's not funny, but it's funny. It would be um, funny if there weren't people getting seriously injured. So it says here, the man they're Funnier. talking about in the article, it says, he put in the familiar croquetas, as they're called in Spanish. Ugh. In a frying is this pan, NPR. No, this is NBC <laughs> News. In a frying pan with oil on the stove, waited for it to get hot and put some of the the, the croquettes. Oh God, the croquettes oh, into cook. we have problems with this article already. Soon after, the croquettes disintegrated like dynamite, shooting Coño. sparks of oil <laughs> into the air. And then he's like, he, "Quote: I fried them as usual and let them toast a little bit because I like my." Because my girl likes them that way. But when I got closer to look at them, one exploded and bathed my face <gasps> and chest in boiling oil. Then all the others began to explode. So it's like, oh, oh my God, it was multiples. It's like fireworks <laughs> and croqueta. This is like the worst episode of Willy Wonka. Yes. <laughs> I mean, again, I just want to put out there, we're not we laughing feel horrible for the at man. these poor yeah, people because yeah, yeah, we're yeah, looking yeah. at the pictures. And they're horrible. Uh, but, but. Because I'm, I'm picturing it as like a cartoony way. Like Only the, the, the scenario. Cuba where they'll be exploding <laughs> croquetas. Right, right, right. You've never heard of this happening anywhere. Right. I mean, here in the United States, we I'm would sure just... happen. Here but... in the United States, we would probably capitalize on it and make it a Yankee that... candle set. <laughs> <laughs> Albisa, get on it. <laughs> yes. Albisa? Albisa candles. You have your marching croquetas. orders. Yes. Boom. <laughs> 
poop. I'm I'm thinking of like in Mar in, in Super Mario Brothers one when you get to the castle to the flag. The fireworks. The fireworks. Boom, That's what I'm saying. Boom, I'm picturing boom. it, especially based on the description, I'm picturing it in like a very cartoony way, right? Where it's just like pew, 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 like croquetas like, flying run, everywhere. <laughs> and then you start flying croquetas debris all everywhere. In in el in los gabinetes, en, en Ay, el techo. The, oh. You know, todos los antenas se llenaron de croquetas de brie. No, and then because that's oil, toda la grasa's all over toda the kitchen grasa. now. That's, oh, God. Y después, después, now you're burned. Uh, and on top of that, pillar el show On top ese. of that, tienes que ir a policlinico. Uh, tienes que ir a policlinico. <laughs> and then you have to clean all that bullshit. When you get and home. you probably don't have good cleaning <laughs> products. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. It's not like you have Dawn that cuts the grease. There's no grease cutting. Yes. I'm sure so, ducks die from grease. This is a bad situation. It's just a bad situation all, all around. around. All and around. you know, it probably caused the grease fire. So, it, it, yes. Lo único bueno es que la casa en Cuba are like, concreto. Son de placa, chico. Eso aguanta cualquier cosa. Por eso, that's the only good scenario here, that the house was probably not going to burn so, down. So, my parents, in hurricane season, when a hurricane is coming, ah, hay que poner los paneles. Porque tú sabes que las casas aquí no sirven. Porque en Cuba las casas eran de placa. Y eso venía un huracán y como si nada. And I'm like, yeah, eran de placa. Which placa pretty much means that the whole entire house was made of reinforced concrete. Yeah. Including the roof. Yeah. That's why houses in Cuba, except with the with the exception of like colonial right, 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 homes right. that were 100 years old. That's why houses and apartment buildings in Cuba look like shoeboxes stacked on top of each other. Yeah, pretty Because much. they're all square made out of cement. And <laughs> they stand the test of time. I mean, they do, <laughs> but they're ugly as fuck. Right. You know? like, <laughs> it's a trade-off. Yes. It's a trade-off. But they say it's so proud. Like, no, no, no. Porque en Cuba la casa... La casa de nosotros era hecha de placa. Yes, like, I, yes, I too aspire to live in a shoebox one yes. day. Yes. yes. <laughs> But yeah, exploding croquetas in Cuba. And a croqueton of all places. <laughs> I'm surprised nobody has opened up a croqueton. Well, don't do it now. Well, it know, has mala fama. Well, yes, for the wrong reasons. <laughs> for the wrong reasons, yeah. So, so earlier this week, me and everything. so I, I'm not saying this from a bragging point because I'm not a bragger and I don't like to like I, I don't like to say certain things because they just come across as okay but sometimes you gotta you gotta be proud so of yourself. I got a Tesla oh that's right yes yes so I got a Tesla and earlier this week I posted on my personal Instagram a video of my Tesla on autopilot oh so it was, yes it was driving itself <laughs> Right? Which, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, it's so freaking cool <laughs> that it drives itself. I would be terrified. At first you are, but then... So the autopilot, how it works. Actually, there's a good explanation as to why I brought this up. So the autopilot, how it works is the car steers itself. Yes. Right? And when you're on cruise control, mm -hmm. it does the whole adaptive cruise control thing that it could read when a car is, how far a car is in front okay. of it. And it adjusts the speed so you could have a comfortable distance. Okay, so it's not like it just car. sets it up at 40 and go. No. Okay. The car the car shifts itself and it accelerates accordingly. Okay. Right? So you can really be on autopilot and have a cheeseburger. Oh, right? okay. Or a pastelito. Look at pastelitos in the car. No. Why? Yeah. Mucho reguero. You know, mucho reguero, but your Tesla doesn't look like it has lots of crevices. No, 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 but still, mucho reguero. Mucho <laughs> so reguero. So it might be okay. Because we look, you know, pastelitos, you have to eat in that position. That, mm, position that's true. You have you to put always, your, your, your hand, hand underneath. Under your yeah, chin. that's true. You that's know, true. Yeah, that's a position. Yeah, that's a pastelito position. <laughs> T-shirt idea. Pastelito position. Pastelito position. Now we got to get somebody. Well, anyway. We'll figure it out. Um, 
But the autopilot thing with the autopilot system, mm -hmm. you have to keep your hands on the steering wheel. Oh, okay. Even okay. if you're not steering, you have to. The steering wheel it basically knows, has to know that there's a human being. Yes, at the, the steering at the wheel helm. has okay. to know okay. that it, it, there's somebody there. And in fact, if in like I think 40 seconds or something, it senses that there's not. Get that both hands or just one? Just one. Okay. You have to touch the steering wheel in okay. some way. Okay. If it senses that there's nothing there. It will it will flash and it will eventually turn off. Oh, okay. Right. So that same day that I posted that video, later that day, news broke of these two people that were killed in a horrible. I mean, it's not a laughing matter, but a horrible car crash <laughs> with a Tesla. Oh my god! That the Tesla was an autopilot and it slammed into a tree and it like it exploded. It caught fire. Oh my god! Yeah. But they found. That there was nobody on the driver's seat. Oh, no. So then now, you know, the whole Tesla autopilot system is under, like, review. And the thing with Teslas is that Teslas run like a car, like a phone. Okay. They could take features away by an update. Oh, yeah, that's right. You were telling me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Or add features. Or add features. <laughs> with an update. With yeah. an update. Yeah. So, you know, now it's, like, under review and all that. And, you know, unfortunately... So in in the world of torts in law, okay. you do have to account for foreseeable neglect, for foreseeable misuse. I know it's not the one that you meant, but we've been talking about food, and now you said torts, and I'm just hungry again. <laughs> so it's kind of like, I think I've explained this before yes, yes. that you know when you design a chair, oh, like like with the gorilla glue. Well, no, but that's that's where it came up. That's yes, where it came the up. Gorilla yes, glue. Yes, yes, when you're yes. Talking about the gorilla. Like when you design a chair, you have to foresee that people are gonna stand on that chair right and you have to account for it you have to account for it in right. its design right so if the chair is not if the, if the chair is not sturdy enough to have somebody standing on it you either have to put a label right right or you right. have to redesign it right. Right? Right, right so there has to be when you design something or you put something out the fact, you have to account factor? for foreseeable misuse. misuse yes 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 i mean there's a lot of ways you could say <laughs> That there, that there could be foreseeable misuse with the autopilot system. Like, there's people who, like, put an orange on the... They'll cut an orange, in, like, almost in half and put it on the steering wheel. So the steering wheel thinks that the hand is on it. An orange yeah. simulates a hand? No, but it's weight. To the oh, the weight, wheel. the weight. Okay, okay, peso, okay. So things like that. And I've actually seen that. So those are ways that you think that you could, when designing it, you could say, okay, I could foreseeably see trying somebody trying to trick the autopilot. Right, right, right. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in none of those foreseeable like situations, <laughs> did I think of somebody like not being in the driver's like side. Like just taking a nap in the back yeah. seat. Yeah. That, that would probably happen is that those two guys, um, there was one in the passenger's front seat. Mm -hmm. Um he was probably like, "Look how cool what this can do." Yeah, it was and, it was a it was a showing off moment. And yeah. he's like, "Look, I'm gonna go to the passenger side." And then and, here we are. And then here we are. But but I thought the timing was like crap. <laughs> like, keep your hands on the wheel, it's kids. Awesome, it is pretty awesome. It's it pretty, pretty awesome. awesome. I'm like, it's not wonderful about how Disney World. Okay, dying the turnpike. Oh, yes, off. that's true. I, just go, know, just dale, go, dale. Put relax. it at put it at sixty and just go. Put your hand there. Yeah, the card do the rest. Look, you have to be careful because you could doze off. I can't. But oh no. Oh no. And it has this really annoying beep. Okay, the annoying beep will It's help. like it, it beep it beeps and it vibrates. Okay. So, so so we've come this far to basically just have a beeper in our car. Yes. <laughs> 
pager technology yes. has made its way full circle. And Tesla <laughs> stock took a hit. So. As, as I would imagine. Uh, well, you know, we've talked a lot about pastelitos in this episode. But you know what else is a total staple of any Cuban household, party or not? Okay. A cafecito. Oh, yes, of course. And this week, we have with us very special guest from Café La Llave, Lisette Gaviñas. She is actually the fourth generation of the Gaviña family, the Café La Llave dynasty, as it yes. were. Um, and so, you know, we talked to her about the company, the history, and, you know, just what it's like to be a fourth generation coffee coffee roaster. And um, honestly, it was just a great, it was a great ass conversation. And I cannot wait for you all to hear it, especially because she said she's. She sheds, I feel like I'm doing a tongue twister. She sheds some light on the history, which based on some of the captions I saw on our posts this week, some of you need a little bit of a history lesson on Café La Llave and how it is not the same company as that other coffee that we we also grew up with in the yellow packaging. So without further ado, here's our interview with Lisette Gaviñas from Café La Llave. Hey, listeners. So, during the time that we've been on doing this podcast, you know, we've had some guests on here who have portrayed iconic roles, sang iconic songs. But our guest today is probably associated with one of the most iconic brands that we can think of. And that goes doubly if you grew up in Miami, in La Cañabana, going to Ventanitas and having cafecito, okay? We have with us today the Executive Director of Marketing from Café La Llave, Lisette Gaviña Lopez. Thank you so much for joining us, Lisette. Oh my gosh, thank Welcome you so much for having me. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I mean, like we said, it's, you know, Café La Llave, look, we grew up in Miami, we're Cuban. It's an iconic brand. I mean, it's but what I think most people don't know is that how long it has been around. It's been around for, what is it, over 150 years now? It's from the time it was in Cuba, and then you guys brought it over to the U.S.? Am I, is that correct? Yes, yes. So my family's been in the coffee business for over 150 years. Wow. We started as coffee growers in Cuba and the, in, in the provinces of La Rue, yes. Um, and it, was, it all started with my great-grandfather and his brother. They left the vast region of Spain and, and settled in Cuba as, as farmers. And um, my, my grandfather was born on a coffee on a on a family's coffee farm. Oh, wow. It was called uh, yeah, it's called Hacienda Buenos Aires. And um, I've heard from people that have visited too that 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 they st- that they still call it that, and they call it by the family's name, it's which is kind there. of interesting. Yeah, although coffee production is not you know what it used to be uh, in Cuba, but but, but there still is coffee production. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, but but my family was in- sorry. The building is still there. The the farm, the coffee, the land, you know, where the coffee was was um, was grown, was referred to. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too. 
like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. But, you know, yeah. but, but you are, as I said, you know, 150 years, you are the fourth generation of coffee roasters, right? It's, what does it take to, to you know, what does that mean, like, to be the fourth generation of coffee roasters, other than the fact that when you know good coffee versus not so great coffee, um, not, to, not to call other brands out or anything, but, you know, <laughs> how does that translate? I mean, to come from a, a family that... It, it, this is just part of your your blood almost i mean that it's thick blood i'm sure of being you know coffee but it, what, you know, what does that mean to you guys like how does that work you know just in the history yeah. of Laiave. yeah so you know our family you know coffee for us is every day you know we 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 have such a strong passion for coffee you know growing up with it um, you know, from my, my parents and generation and my cousins and I, we always, you know, grew up knowing where we came from, that we came from a long line, you know, that we come from a long line of um, coffee people, starting as farmers and then roasters, and of course, being of Cuban descent, you know, we grew up very, very, you know, Cuban here at home. I didn't realize that I was really American until I uh, studied abroad um, after college, you know, I was like so, so Cuban, and, and, and so coffee for us is, you know, an essential part of our lives, not just because it's our business, but, you know, culturally, it's just so important. You know, most, most, um, Latin coffee drinkers, we drink coffee up to, you know, five times a day. We cannot live without coffee. It's you wake up with it, you go to bed with it, you know, cafecito, and you know, and, and it's just essential part of our lives. But, you know, I'm so proud of my family, you know, having, you know, we were in the business in Cuba almost a hundred years before Castro came into power. And then my family fled Cuba through Spain and started their lives over in Los Angeles. And um, because my grandfather had grown up around coffee, you know, growing up on the coffee on the family's farm, learning to grow coffee and then roast coffee, his whole life had been coffee. And so when he, when my family eventually settled in the United States in the early '60s, it was his dream to get back into the coffee business and and try to figure out a way a way back to rebuild the life that was lost. And so it means a lot to me to be now in the fourth generation of Gavinas in coffee. You know, we carry this this legacy of my my great grandfather, my 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 great grandparents. I have to say, you know, um, my my grandparents, my aunts, my aunt, my uncles, my dad, my cousins. Now we have a big responsibility on our shoulders, and we're one of the few, you know, truly Hispanic-owned. Yes, you are. Business. You know, coffee brands out there, and we are here in our business every single day. We're very committed and very passionate about what we do, and 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 our, our it's all about goodness. You know, bringing joy and energizing our community. You know, Café Lavado was created for for really initially for the Cuban community, right? When when my family came from Cuba, that you know you couldn't find espresso. I mean, nobody knew what it was. You know, all the coffees. Antes de llegar los cubanos, el, el café era una, una basura en este país, olvídate. Yeah, una, una agua sucia. Una, una agua sucia, sucia exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Entonces, you know, no había café, you know, there weren't any dark roasts or espresso style coffees. It was all light roast coffees and cans. And so we really had to learn about 
um, you know, we wanted to bring the taste of our homeland. Of course, first we made it for us, and then we shared it with our community. But we also had to learn about the American market and, and other other ethnic groups that, that exist here in L.A., like the Vietnamese community, the Middle Eastern community. They all drink coffee a specific way. Right. And that's how we were able to, you know, evolve and grow our business. But but this is where the true spirit of, of who we are is, is with Café La Llave and, um, you know, our people, the people we make it for. You know, you, you mentioned coffee, cafecito, you know, being such a big part of our culture. And it, it sounded to me just in the story you told us, you know, when, when your grandfather came to this country, it was like he was on a mission, right? Like, this is what I'm going to, I'm going to do this, I'm going to bring this back. And and not to put words in your mouth, but it sounds to me like aside from, you know, keeping the family business going, it sounded like he really wanted to contribute back to like, you know, the Cuban culture and, the, and to make that community effort. It's a long way of me asking, what do you think it is about cafecito and coffee that has become this like cornerstone of, you know, several Latin American and Caribbean cultures, but the Cuban culture in general, I think kind of revolves around a cafe, right? You know, you go to La Ventanita, you go to somebody's house, it's like, ay, espérate, no te vayas, te voy a hacer un café, you know, like, <laughs> what, what do you think it is about, about coffee? And you're the perfect person to ask, uh, you know, it's such an iconic brand. Well, you're absolutely right. I mean, coffee brings people together. You know, you, like you said, you share a cafecito with, with your friend, with your neighbor. Somebody comes over and you offer them a cafecito. And if you don't, it, you know, you're, you're being rude, right? You're not being a good host if you're not you offering them a cafecito. If you don't <laughs> exactly. offer a cafecito, okay? And if you don't know how to make it, you, have, you better know how to make that cafecito, you know? Bueno, like, ay, yeah, no. si no sabes hacer café, no te puedes casar. It's just, no I mean, casar, sorry. No te puedes casar. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Actually, like a test, right? That there was some like eligible like person to be married, and she didn't know how to make coffee, and it's like, oh, she's out of the running. It's like I, I wonder what the foundation of is. You're, you're spot on, DJ. I mean, my my husband and I, we've been married. It's, we're going to be sixteen mar- mar- sixteen years married this year, and he makes me coffee every morning. And you better bet that he's a trained barista. And it's really, I really say it's a, it's a secret secret to our successful marriage and relationship. So I gotta ask, did you teach him how to make coffee the right way? Uh, yeah, actually, of course. He, he's always had an interest in coffee. Um, he loves coffee too. But um, but yeah, he's been to the Specialty Coffee Association barista training. So <laughs> he's into it. He's into it. So something I wanted to to ask you is that um, you know Cafe Nayabe being um, such an iconic brand and being around for over 150 years, it's still a family-owned business. I, I I could only imagine that throughout the trajectory of the company, you've probably been approached to either go public or merge or whatever. What what has been like the I guess company mission statement or or goal that you guys have had that that you still it's still a family business yeah i mean our our family you know we, we've been so lucky and so so blessed in so many ways to be able to you know start our lives over in the united states and not only build a company but build a brand like a fellow yeah. that's recognized you know, within our community like you said i mean the fact we say it's an iconic brand just like gets me so, so excited because I mean, you're exactly who we created this, this brand for, and that is the ultimate reward. When people can buy a product 
and they take it home with them and they make it not only for themselves but for their families you know a product that they're drinking that they're ingesting that they're enjoying with, with not only for themselves but with other people that is the ultimate reward and that's what gets us fired up you know we like to say we, we put our love of coffee into everything we do everything that has to do with making the coffee how we take you know take care of our employees how we take care of our environment you know, we're just trying to bring goodness to the world through our products and, and, and reach more and more people. And, and Because coffee brings you joy, right? It brings you energy. And um, there's, there's just so much love there. And, 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 and I think you can taste it when you taste our coffee. You can taste the love and the passion that we put into it. For sure. It doesn't just come across as uh, assembly line made if you will like i know it sounds cheesy to say right but it's like it 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 does it has a little something extra shall we say um you know and the extra ingredient is love as they say uh yeah Yeah. and then we really focus on the quality of our products you know we we source coffees from the best coffee growing regions on the world and, and make sure that that coffee is consistent batch after batch because you know, you don't want a good coffee today and a bad coffee tomorrow, you know. So I know, I, I, yeah, I can't go, I'm going to No, you want to say no. It, yeah. This is a product I can trust and um, day after day and, and, you know. Yeah, you got to, you got to. Because if not, it's like you said, if I have a, and it happens everywhere, right? You can go to a restaurant and be like, I've had great meal and tomorrow it doesn't taste the same. And the day after that, it tastes different. It's like. I don't know what to expect, but that's definitely not the case with, with you guys at all. And, you know, you, you, you don't stay around for 150 years if you're not uh, consistent. Although, I am going to say, though, I'm sure that's like the really old school people who had Café Layao in Cuba. They, they probably may say it's better because, you know, in Cuba, the sky was bluer. The ground was more fertile. <laughs> the, the, the air was sweeter. So, you know, you can't, no, you can't be with that. You can't mess with that, right? <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> It's definitely like having having wine in Napa, having a cafecito in, you know, <laughs> in La Habana, I'm sure. Yeah, there's definitely part of the experience that drives the flavor. <laughs> oh, yeah. God. You know, it, it's also interesting to me. I did not know this. Um, you know, you your company is Café, you know, it's Café La Llave, but also you guys own um, Don Francisco's Coffee and uh, Gavinia Gourmet Coffee as well. So... <laughs> You know what? What do you? What would you say is the difference between the three? Um, you know, the, what, what makes each one I- its own lane? Well, Café Llave is a, is a is definitely our dark roast espresso coffee that was developed for you know initially for the Cuban coffee drinker, but it, now we you know it's definitely for any you know Caribbean I would say Caribbean style you know espresso drinker. In other words, um, los cubanos estamos en todo. That's the, that's the bottom line here, people. That's what she's trying to say in a very nice way. You said it, Ish. You said it. We're very proud of our heritage over here. No, but, you know, you have people from all over South America, Argentina, Uruguay, you know, uh, Colombia, Venezuela, that drink the same style of coffee that, that we do, you know, Dominicans, even even some Haitians. Yeah. So that's a special style coffee. And that's what Café Llave was developed for, that consumer. It's literally... One roast profile, dark roast, intense, aromatic flavor that we all love in our Latin style coffees. Then, um, our Don Francisco's brand was our basically our attempt in, to enter into the general market. So it was really our answer to American style coffee. 
So the coffee that you would brew, like your regular brew in a, in a um, you know, Mr. Coffee type, like type a of brew. Exactly, exactly. And we have different origins, you know, Hawaiian coffees, Colombian coffees, mm-hmm. different blends, French roast. And we also have flavored coffees like vanilla nut, Hawaiian hazelnut, like that. Okay. And that's available whole bean and granted. More, we do we do have espresso in San Francisco's. Now we, we just recently launched our espresso um, espresso compatible capsules oh. in San Francisco's, and those those are 100 um, percent arabica coffees. So they're you know you have more variety. You have um, it's more of a premium quality, but it's also more of a general market kind of covering all of the, the American preferences. And then our Gavinia Gourmet Coffee is our wholesale brand. So, you know, very m- many fine restaurants, coffee shops. Um, you know, we even have, we even have um, other ethnic um, coffees, Middle Eastern coffees. There are French roasts for the Vietnamese all under our family oh, name, wow. which is a Gavinia brand. Yeah, but Café La Yave really is, you know, our, uh, very near and dear to our heart because it's the coffee that we, we made for ourselves. And now we get to, you know, we get to share it not only with our Cuban community, but all of the different, you know, Latinos out there that love that strong, delicious, intense flavor of a strong, good Cuban style coffee. <laughs> That's awesome. Now, you mentioned the capsules. Um, and so I definitely did want to bring up, I know that, you know, Café La Llave has a partnership with TerraCycle. Um, so, oh, I love that mug. Um, just, of course I say that and it's an audio medium, right? So yes, she's drinking out of a Café La Llave green mug. It's, it's really, but it's like, a, it looked like a sturdy mug. It was like, it's a good one. yeah. It's a good one. And they're you can, you iconic, can... uh, green, you know, color. Yeah. They're iconic green color, but it looks like a sturdy. How versatile. I love it. <laughs> Love it. Um, no, what I was saying is, you know, obviously as, as, as we're moving, you know, more into the usage of like the capsules and the pods and, and, and things like that. I know Café La Llave does have a partnership with TerraCycle um, that allows you to to recycle all of these these items. Can you tell us a little bit about that as well? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, what's great about, you know, technology is we can now enjoy our coffee so many different ways, right? So you have, of course, La Cafetera you put on the stovetop. Now there's the electric cafetera, but there's what? also these... <laughs> you never see the electric cafetera. I have not, but then again, I'm not blasphemous that way. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, it's, it's a more involved, more involved uh, uh, style of cafetera. But there's also these, you know, single cup technologies. And so now we make our cafe available in both the Keurig compatible and also the Nespresso original line compatible capsule. So you can enjoy your cafecito with this you know, new technology, and the beauty is that we, in partnership with TerraCycle, created a recycling program where it's very easy for the consumer just to sign up on TerraCycle.com, mm-hmm. and you download a label. It's free shipping. Uh, you ship your capsules once you've collected them, ship them for free to TerraCycle, and then what's interesting is that these capsules are broken down. The coffee is composted that's inside, and then these little pellets little plastic pellets are made from the plastic on the capsules and these pellets can be reused to make either like a plastic lumber material that can you can use this to make decking you know like park benches playground, playground materials or you can make plastic 
you know, um, things like this watering can is a plastic watering can to water your garden at home. And it's this can be, can be this gives a second life to your capsules and your, your, so your it's coffee pot. It's a twofer. It's a recycle <laughs> and an upcycle. Yes, exactly. Actually, that's amazing. I think that that shows a lot. You know, what we were talking about earlier, that you're still a company, I'm sorry, a family company. And, and these are things that, you know, you can um, go ahead and invest in. And because plastic is such a problem today. I mean, we don't have to get into detail about that, but it's such a problem today. And it's great that, you know, you guys are, are doing something responsible with, with you know, the, the what's left of your product, uh, that it could be recycled. So, so. Kudos to you. Hats off to you and to, you know, the company for, for choosing to do something that's so responsible. That's great. That's absolutely wonderful. Thank you, DJ. Yeah, you know, like you said, we're a family business and we have a long-term view on our business. And, you know, of course, part of that is, is behaving in a, you know, in a, running our business where in a, in a way that sustainability is important and there's the, you know, the waste that's generated after you use these pods, so it's up to really the consumer to get involved and recycle these pods and keep them out of landfill. But we also do our part here at our company where we actually, are, our facility is a zero waste to landfill plant, meaning that through reduce, reuse, recycle programs, we are um, basically redirecting, I think it's 97% of our waste. So we're considered a zero waste, yeah, we're considered a zero waste to landfill facility. And we do a lot to reduce our, you know, consumption of water, of electricity. We have natural light um, in in our plant, so we can use natural light versus, you know, electric uh, light bulbs during the day. Um, and we do a lot to give back to the farmers too, because we realize, having good farmers ourselves, that you can't have coffee's not sustainable without the coffee farmer. And so we invest back into the coffee growing communities where we source our coffees from to help improve the quality of life of the farmer. But, you know, we do our part, but there's still a lot, a lot more that can be done for sure. I mean, even with that said, you are definitely doing us all proud. Um, you know, as two Cuban Americans to another Cuban American, like that is fantastic. And, and, that's... No, and you're an example to other companies. So, you know, again, that's awesome. That's great to hear. Thank yeah. you so much. Yeah, and hopefully, you know, I'm I'm in line to get my my vacuna this week, so hopefully we'll get you know this, and we can go out to California and go out to the factory and and take a tour. Hey. It definitely sounds fantastic. Like mi casa su casa como quieran. Now, as we wrap up, I have two questions. Now, the first one is: I was told to ask you about a baby pacifier. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, so my yes. So as you can imagine, I mean, aside from being Cuban, right, I've been drinking coffee my entire life, and, and it really started with, of course, the influence of my grandparents, you know, and my, my grandfather used to take, you know, my pepe, you know, and he would dip it in, in the in espresso and say, you know, si van a ir del café, tienen que aprender a tomar el café. They have to learn to drink it if they're going to live from it. And so that's, those are the stories, you know, like my, my parents and tell us and 
um, you know, coffee has always been a part of my life, and and and, it's, and I have a seven-year-old, and I give him coffee too. You know, he needs to lose the thing. He loves it. He lo- you know, he loves his cold brew. I have to be very careful with them when I give him my my cold brew. <laughs> I drink the whole thing. Lady, you are brave giving a seven-year-old coffee. I'm just—I don't have kids, and I know that much. I mean, that's uh, kudos to you for that alone. Forget everything else. That shows your bravery. It's, it's, it's cultural for us too, you know. Like That's the Cuban true. breakfast is, you know, cafe con leche con pan. Yeah, yeah, cafe con leche. Mike, have a seven-year-old as well, and I, he's not a coffee drinker, but he has. He yes, it yeah. did it with cafe was definitely a thing, and he's had his little tacita since he was like a year old. Like you know, we have pictures of him con la tacita. Like he's very coffee's not foreign to him whatsoever. Um. So, but yeah, because it's part of the culture. It's, 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 I feel like coffee is one of those things, especially with Cubans, that it's one of those trademarks of our culture that we don't know how big it is. Well, in your case, your family is coffee, but for everybody else, um, we don't realize how, like, what a big part of our culture and of our life it is until we take a moment of, like, reflection and kind of, you know, look in from the outside that it's like, my gosh, coffee is, like, paramount in like relationships and at work uh you know and you know the rest of the country has water what is it water cooler moments yep yep we have have, (laughs) you know and it's those differences that really shape who we are so that's that's like so important that's so true and it's like it's like even the aroma of coffee when you smell somebody brewing coffee or making coffee, all of a sudden, all these people start coming out of you know, the woodwork like, oh, that's in a cafe. It's like a Pavlovian response, you know, to the smell of it, yes. you know. It's, yeah. it's, the actual, right. That's perfectly <laughs> <laughs> So my last so my question, question before we, before we, we wrap up, the age-old question. Argued over probably many a ventanita, many a nochebuena, colada or cortadito. <laughs> cortadito all the way. I love that she didn't hesitate. <laughs> if it's the morning, I mean, I guess there's a time of day to it. Cortadito in the morning, colada in the afternoon. You know, it's your coffee break with your. That was that was a very political answer. That you know, she she doesn't want to upset big cortadito. (laughs) But I do love cortadito. How about you? You know, I I just however you serve it, I will take it as long as it's coffee. I I, as long as it's un cafecito, I, I I'm good. I'm good. I genuinely like. I, I have no preference. <laughs> yes, funny story. Funny, really funny story. Lisa, before we wrap up, a couple of years ago, we were at this place here in Miami called Las Palmas. That's a very famous place here for they make churros and chocolate. And um, here in Miami, when it dips below like 70, 70, it's Arctic. You know, it's like the cold side because it's like winter. Exactly. Um, so people go outside to um, people go get the churros and chocolate, and we went a few years ago with Ish, and it was like ten, ten thirty, and it pide un café con leche, 
And the Cuban lady in the counter, just like your Cuban grandma, is like, tú sabes lo que a esta hora tomarte un café con leche. And you know, you, you know, is, is it great customer service? No, but I am mad at you. It's like, that's who we are. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. Did she give it to you? Did she make it? Oh, she did. She made it. But it was just like, pero... I, I'm ordering a café con leche. What's, I'm paying for it. Tú no me lo estás regalando, you know. But, but I'm, su I'm surprised. I'm surprised. She's like, no, no, no. Yo te voy a hacer una colada y te la vas a tomar. <laughs> but I needed, I needed the café con leche to dip the churros in. I know. I know. Uh, bueno. That sounds wonderful. I'm going to check that out next time. La Palma. It's it, it's absolutely great. And again, like, like DJ said, you know, it's we're not lying. When it goes to like seventy degrees, we're like it's freezing. Put on your ponte suéter and head on to to La Palma and have your churros. It's it's yeah, it's what we do. Ay, qué rico. But again, um, Lisette, thank you so much for joining us. Like I know, you know, it's you're a very busy lady. Um, but it's my pleasure to be with you. Thank you so honestly, much. You know, desde que yo tengo sentido de la vida, you know, Café Le Ave has been there. Um, and just thank you for that. Because, again, it's it's one thing to have an iconic Hispanic, Latino, you know, brand. But to know that it does come from the same culture that we come from and that you guys are putting forth, you know, all of your best efforts to not just have a, you know, successful company, but a sustainable company that does give back. Um, you know, like I mentioned, I know you're the fourth generation coffee roaster, but it, I feel like you're already preparing things so that you have, you know, the the fifth and the sixth and the seventh generation. So thank you for that. You know, it, it's, it's, it's commendable. It's, it's commendable. Thank you, Ish. I really appreciate, you know, all of your, your support and we're going to keep doing what we're doing and keep making you proud. And we're back. <sighs> all that you wanted to know about Café La Llave, but we're afraid to ask. I think the history of it is great. That they're like 150 years old. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's great how it was like, you know, it went from Cuba to Spain and then, you know, to this country when, when they got here and that it was, you know, Wait, her... Jose Manti could have had one. Of course he had it. You know he was drinking it while he was writing Zapatico de Rosa. Oh. Um, but, you know, the fact that her grandfather came to this country and was like, I'm going to rebuild this. Like, this is going to be the legacy. Um, it's a testament. You know, it's a testament to, to determination and, and really getting shit done. And you know what? I also just want to say thank you, Café La Llave, for all of the, the coffee you sent us. Yes. <laughs> and all of the swag. We had a blast actually making. I know some of you have probably seen our our videos this week um, that we did in, in partnership with them for Earth Day. And it was fun. It was a lot of fun just, you know, acting silly and, yeah. but with a good message. And I prefer green over yellow. So yeah, exactly. Ugh. Warm colors. Ugh. Yeah. So, so yeah, they were, they were, they were great to work with. And she was so delightful. Yeah, she, she, she really was, was. She was great. Can't wait to get to LA and see the factory. Yes. Yes. That is what I really yeah. am like excited about. Yeah. Um, so are you thirsty? Yes, I am. So my quick my my um <laughs> no we're not having chocolate milk. My last no. soda's quick and easy. Okay. Uh, I just want to give it to the jurors in this Derek Chauvin trial for murder. Uh, I think that have you ever been on a jury? I have. It really? was yeah. It was and I was on a jury for about like a week and a half. Really? Yeah. It wasn't. Okay, a, it wasn't. The a reason it was not a sexy case. Fascinating is that I will never be on a jury. 
Oh, that's true. You can't. Right. Yeah. I, it's not even that. There's not a rule that says that people but, that are but, attorneys or went to law school. You're not. You're not. You're not. Th- there's not a rule, but I will never be on a jury because the, the whole point you is say to it. pick people that don't know about jurisprudence. Right. The like, minute you say that you're a lawyer, they're like, nope. <laughs> that's the whole. You know, the whole thing. Yeah. 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 But I would love to be in a jury. Like it wasn't a sexy case. It was about real estate. I would totally be the four person. I, I, I fell asleep for. Not fell asleep, fell asleep, but like... Okay, well, I wanted to give my soda <laughs> to those people who stay awake to jurors. Because you know what? Jurors have the toughest job. And I know everybody shrugs at ugh, when they get jury duty. They get that summons. They're like, oh, I'm not going to do this. But you know what? That is... Not only is that your civic duty, but that is what people have fought and yep. died for. To have a legal system where you're... Ju- you, you're, you're judged by a jury of your peers and you know even us that yeah. we are come from a cuban background that is what in cuba they would die to have right now you know yeah. a, 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 a jury uh or a legal system that has a jury and the legal system in the u.s is by no means perfect there are a lot of flaws and inequities in it a lot a lot but at its base but it, it at its base it tries to be fair even if it hasn't been so there's a promise that it can be and when you're in a when you are a juror you have again going with the responsibility a great deal of responsibility in your hands you know mm-hmm. depending on the case you could have somebody's life in your hands yeah. so you know especially for more complicated uh usually criminal cases um it's not an easy feat and it's not something we should take for granted because mm-hmm. so many people would love to have something like that. So my last soda, my uh, 12 pack of soda for 12 jurors. Oh yeah. Uh, there you go. goes this, this week to the jurors. jurors, the jury in this case, but to jurors it's, it is your civic duty. You know, so many times we complain, you know, what do I always say? You people complain, 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 but nobody's ever part of a solution. Right, right. So many times we complain about our government, complain about our legal system, but we're the first ones that when we get a summons, we're like, Ugh, I'm I can't be bothered. Yeah. We complain about elected officials, but we never vote. So it's right. like, I mean, what do you want? Yeah. 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 yeah shut up. Like do what you need to do. So, <laughs> Jurors, here's some 12 pack of soda. Soda yes, for you. Yes, awesome. Well, my last soda is actually it I decided because I was watching this person on Jimmy Kimmel last night. And so my last soda is going to former President George W. Bush. Really? By what his book? Because he has a book out now. Um, for those of you who don't know, George Bush paints now. Yes. Um, and he released a book called Out of Many One. And the book features the stories of 43 immigrants across the spectrum. So they're public servants, they're athletes, they're business leaders, they're educators. You know, just it's not just, you know, a one-size-fits-all type situation. Um, and he said the reason he wanted to do that is because he wanted to support changes to the U.S. approach to immigration. You know, his thinking is... The system's broken, you know, let's fix it. And by no means does he think that he has all the answers. But, you know, I think it's interesting to see, like you've said many times, you know, it's one thing to disagree with a politician on policy or the way they approach something. But, you know, here's a situation where I'm sure many of our listeners probably fundamentally disagree with a lot of his policies. But here's a president who's still using his platform for something positive, you know, be it again, you can have your opinions about it, but 
you know, I think it's it's interesting that, you know, he even said this, um, and I think this ties back to kind of what we we're talking about, the history of Café La Llave with them coming to this country. This is a quote from an article that, um, with NPR. He says, you know, the beautiful thing about America is that you can be a citizen and still hold on to your heritage, mm-hmm. and that's important. Yeah. And, you know, when I read that, I, I thought... It's so true. He says that his greatest regret, uh, his greatest regret of his administration was not able to achieve immigration reform. Yeah, he's pro DACA. He's, I mean, you know, in the current GOP, I would have he's wanted unrecognizable. Him to say, although that is very important, I would have wanted him to say the Iraq War, but that's a conversation for another day. Um, but I, th- I think he's such a. I don't want to use the word interesting, but multidimensional. He's well, more, he's, multidimensional. No, but he's more multidimensional than I think people give him credit for. They do. And I think that he is someone. He and was I, great on I, Jimmy Kimmel. I don't mean this as a criticism. I have a lot of problems with the George Bush admini- George W. Bush administration. Mm-hmm. A lot. Right. And if we would have had the podcast back then, back then you who knows would have what it would have. Yeah. Bitching about everything I had to say. But you would have bitched him. about policy. Right. Yes, it was about policy, but I think that he is someone, and I'm not being saying this as a criticism. Mm-hmm. I think that he is somebody who probably should have not been president in terms of personality. I think George W. Bush, and again, this is a long conversation that we're you know that we could have at another time. I think he is somebody that I I think that you have to be sort of. I don't mean ruthless in a bad way, but ruthless in an effective way and economical way when you have so much power. Mm-hmm. And I think that George Bush probably made a really a lot of really bad decisions with the people he surrounded himself with. Mm-hmm. And I think that was that was probably his biggest downfall because I think that at the core mm-hmm. he probably wanted to do was right what was right. I get that impression a lot. Which even if ultimately he ended up doing what was wrong. But in his heart, he felt he was doing something for the good. For the good. And I think that he he was really badly informed. He had terrible, absolutely terrible people around him, which is his fault. That is who yeah. he surrounded himself by. I mean, he could have picked whomever for his cabinet. But I think that is the problem. That is why George W. Bush, as much as like I... Oh, like mm-hmm. his policies. I didn't have the angst against him as I did as a human being. This previous person, right, right. Because whereas this previous person, personality-wise, was she was just an asshole and he was provocative and he liked to offend people. I think that George W. Bush did not do those things. I think that he wanted. He wanted to do what was right, even if he was genuinely even, trying. Even if he ended up doing what was wrong and what was wrong to a lot of people, and a lot of the mistakes that he did cost a lot of lives. You know, that's why I, I always say what I just said that I wish his biggest regret was the invasion of Iraq. But, but going back to what you're saying, he seems to be now that post presidency, he seems to be at a place of kind of reckoning that he. He understands the weight that he had. He he mm-hmm. sort of understands his consequences, and I guess he's trying to do some make some piece of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. I just I, I I I sometimes I wish that it could be sort of like him that if we remember the George Bush administration, it was very content, contentious. 
You know, mm-hmm. it, it was not a walk in the park. But even then that we were dealing with the aftermath of September 11th, even then I think that there was still some civility and yeah. discord in terms of how we how we how we had these conversations. Other. And which now is I think a lot of that is also social media wasn't around. Yeah. Yeah. Or not like this. Which actually, you know what's funny? To shift gears a little bit before we close the show. I was speaking to somebody uh, yesterday. He's 24. And, so a child. <laughs> and he was... Um, I was talking to him about MySpace. And Did you explain who Tom was? No, he had heard of MySpace. He's like, my mom was on MySpace. Oh. Um, yeah, how one, one word can make oh. me feel so old. Oh. Um, but he remembers MySpace. And I was telling him, I'm like, you know that MySpace, looking back on it now, yeah. was very special in so far that i feel that myspace was the first social media platform yeah. that had widespread um everybody uh, i don't want to say it everybody tra- was on it, my it had space, traction it had traction but a lot of people mm-hmm. were on myspace it was the first uh, popular a lot uh, yeah. it was the first mainstream there we go mainstream social media platform right. that if not everybody was on it at least half of the people that you knew were on right, it right, right. right? And it, it, there was a certain innocence to that because since it was new, it was used for what social media was designed, which was right. to share pictures and share your life right. and uh, compliment each other. So yeah. th- it's funny because when I look back on MySpace, I look at it like that. Yeah. I look yeah. at it that very lens. fondly yeah. um, that I remember I used to post pictures of whatever and we, we used to see other people change picture. our our backgrounds, yes, and, and it's like, oh, look yeah. at this person, or look at that yeah. person, in 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 a very kind of naive, it was an innocence, innocent way because it was like the first mainstream, yeah, you know, and now you know we're with the ratchetness and you know toxicity of Twitter, who is, is named after Larry Bird. It <laughs> is what it is. It is so wow. On that note, <laughs> on that note, oh, Tom, we miss you, Tom. I wonder where Tom is today. <laughs> I wonder if he still has that okay, whiteboard. Okay, so one last joke before we leave, <laughs> but our listeners will love this. So we have a friend in common that we love her, love her, love her, love her, love her. <laughs> I will take a bullet for that girl. But she's a little bit, a little absent-minded. She has her moments. A little absent-minded. Es un poco despistada sometimes. Sometimes she lacks a little bit of common sense. But I I love this girl. I would take a bullet with her. Yes, her. we would. I love her more than I love Demi Lovato. You know, I would hope. <laughs> um, oh no, we cut that out. <laughs> but anyway, um, so when we all join MySpace, you know, remember that when you would join MySpace, your first friend was Tom. Right. Tom and his white T-shirt with the black, no, the white with the whiteboard in the back, um, and. That was your first friend. And we were all like our whole big group of friends from high school. We were on MySpace. And she innocently asked one day, she's like, who's Tom? I don't remember him from high school. <laughs> and I think we went along with it. We we're like, you don't we're remember Tom? Like, you don't remember Tom? Yeah, remember he, Thomas he was, hello, he was in biology. Yeah, like Tom. How do you not remember Tom? That's why he's in all of our, our pages because we all knew Tom. I know. Sat with us at lunch. Yeah, like <laughs> clearly. Tom came to my house for one of my Tom, birthdays. Bro, he was at he was at the quince. <laughs> so we'll leave you with that. So yes. we hope everybody listened, laughed, and learned. Remember to grab your pastelito, your non-explosive croqueta, <laughs> and your cafecito. And yes. thank you for joining us. Make sure it's everybody. Café La Llave. Have a great weekend. Pero Friday, have a great time, everybody. See Cuídense. you next week. Bye.
Pero Let Me Tell You is co-hosted by Darian Borges and Ismaeliano, produced by Ismaeliano, and our theme, Pero Let Me Tell You Freestyle, is composed by Michael Angelo Lomlaplex, the official gay guy. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.